Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. Yoga is a spiritual path, a path of self and God realization, coming to awaken to the truth of our being, to know what we are as emanations of the one reality called God, and to live in harmony Uh, with that truth of our being. And there are various practices that yoga offers for um, helping us realize that and live an awakened life. And one of the practices is study and study of inspirational literature, study of scripture, and of course, self-study, self-inquiry. But today, we're going to be looking at how inspirational writing um, can support uh, living an awakened life. Um, the topic is the power of the word, gifts of writing and contemplation. And certainly we know one of the ways to be uplifted and to stay centered is to um, take in some inspirational writing. Oftentimes for me, that's just a, a lifeline. You know, if I find myself getting too distracted um, by things that are um, negative or upsetting, I, I will go to uh, a spiritual writing, and sometimes the scriptures, the Bhagavad Gita, or other scriptures, the Psalms, I especially like. Now, both of those are poems, <laughs> so um, we can find uh, poetry in scripture, and we can also find it, of course, in um in, in other writings of the mystical poets, especially. So we're going to be looking at that today, and our guest is Parthenia M. Hicks. She has a Master of Divinity degree. She is the Poet Laureate Emerita uh, from the uh, town of Los Gatos in California, recipient of the Dragonfly Press Award for Outstanding Literary Achievement, the Silicon Valley Arts Fellowship for Literature, the Robertson uh, Jeffers Tour House Poetry Prize, and the Villa Montavo Biennial Poetry Prize, as well as several Pushcart nominations. And I should say, in, in beyond all of that, she's also a fabulous editor and uh, offer my gratitude um, for her editing skills in my um, recently published The Moon Reminded Me book of spiritual poems. And besides her writing, she's also um, an, an artist who makes beautiful uh, jewelry. So to find out more about her and her work, you can find it at the Poets and Writers website, which is pw.org, and then uh, just search for Parthenia Hicks. Uh, welcome back uh, to the Yoga Hour, Parthenia. How delightful to get to chat with you this morning. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be back. And also, I want to add uh, what a gift it was to have been a part of 
your new volume of poetry, The Moon Reminded Me, a gift to me. Thank you. It was yeah, it was a joy to to work together on that, and I was very blessed with your skill. Before we start talking about contemplation, inspiration from poets and uh, other spiritual writing, let's take a moment to um, just center ourselves. A yoga moment. The easiest way to embrace a yoga moment, a moment of unity, a moment of remembrance, a moment of awakening to the beauty of life in this moment, the easiest way to do that is just connect to your breath. And with your in-breath, just declare and feel and know, I am, and with your out-breath, that. I am that. I am that infinite, divine reality that is pure and still, that is beyond all phenomena, and that makes possible the expression of all that is. So when I breathe in, I touch the stillness, the power, the divine grace and beauty within me. And when I breathe out, with eyes open, I see it everywhere. How beautiful is this life, this awakened life, this experience of being fully alive. Let us be the divine beings that we are, bringing God's love, light, and beauty with us everywhere we go. Once again, Parthenia Hicks, welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm so delighted that we have this opportunity to share this morning something that we both love, which is inspiration in writing ourselves and in reading the works of others. So uh, I can't think of anything really better than you uh, starting us off with um, a poem. Would you read something for us? Absolutely. I've chosen Cherokee Walking Wide Meditation, which is one of my own poems, and is written in response to a photograph entitled Pensive Monk taken by Los Gatos artist Ken Bloomfield. And in this poem, I um, was so moved by the photograph, uh, which contained what felt like a tiny bit of humor. And uh, sitting with the photograph, I somehow moved into um, my uh, Native American roots. And so this poem is somewhere between... uh, Buddhism and uh, a Native American culture, so we'll, we'll see what you think. <clears throat> Cherokee Walking Wide Meditation In the corner of my red eye, your crimson robe calls me in. Like a red-tailed hawk circling a powwow on Mother's Day, your essence blesses me and I toe-heel my way onto your road. The temple is close. Your feet become mine, dusting the blonde dirt. My hands hold the prayer beads that you count behind your back. I'm shining. I'm inside your shining head, listening to your mantra that I paint onto my forehead like a warrior's third eye. My fingers move 
the Rudraksha beads through yours. The temples are full of ash and old tires. Once in a while, a fire is good. I can tell you are smiling, although your face is hidden. Mm. Mm. Thank you for that offering. Um, It's amazing, you know, of course, it's one of your gifts to paint uh, such a beautiful picture with words and feeling. And uh, in this poem, of course, you take us right in, right into this experience of walking on the sacred earth and feeling it as a prayer. And I was also struck by um, how often today in in some the modern poetry the modern mystics we we do often experience this kind of inter intra spiritual nature of mysticism yes so you know there are elements of many paths there and i think it's you know a reflection of you know our our global awareness of the bright uh, consciousness that is in many paths and they and they can come together so um what was your experience of that in the poem i mean there are many elements there of of course your own practice that i see and as you say your native american roots but there's also elements of yoga in that um poem so how how was it for you bringing those elements together well, first of all, uh, as with uh, most poems, it wasn't a conscious. It wasn't a conscious reaction to the image. Uh, I sat with the image for quite a while because the key element in the photograph was that the monk had his back turned to the viewer, and I could see him holding the prayer beads behind his back, and I could see the bottoms of his feet. And I sat with that, actually, in um, meditation, which I often do when I'm writing in response to an image. I often try to take in that image, uh, contemplate that image, live with that image for a little while, and then um, just allow what wants to come up to come up on the page. And... For me, the, of course, the temple came up immediately, but I was fascinated by the walking and then from my yoga practice, um, walking meditation from my Native American roots, there is the specific way to put your feet on the ground with uh, touching your toes first and then following gently with your heel. And you can move in place or you can move forward that way. So um, there just was a, a eventually a flow, a wrap, sort of a wrapping around of mm. images from, um, from both of these cultures. Well, it's a very beautiful poem, and and it in- invites the listener to practice. I think, <laughs> and that's what I find, you know, in many of the um, mystical poets and uh, poems that I enjoy, is that of course they invite you into the experience, but they also, I think, invite you. Uh, into your own practice, like a reminder, like, oh yeah, <laughs> I can walk that way. Um, I can oh. enter this meditative space. And, um, so I have one, this, uh, that I'll read today from the new book, The Moon Reminded Me, which is just out. Um, and this one is called Listen. I am listening to the sound of your footsteps. Birds coming into roost, rose petals opening, foam of the wave disappearing in sand. I am listening to the sound of your footsteps, birds coming into roost, rose petals opening, foam of the wave disappearing in sand. 
Women who are asleep miss the colors of dawn, the sound of you coming to meet them. So in... <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say that's such a beautiful poem and um, one of my favorites as we were working together for for those many um, wonderful months. I feel very close to your poetry and I was struck with the synchronicity of your choosing that poem and um, the poem that I just read where we are talking about footsteps Mm-hmm. And uh, walking, walking the path, um, and then the sound—the sound of your footsteps—it's uh, quite powerful. Mm-hmm. So, tell yeah. me a little about what that works in you. Well, in this poem, and again, you know, like your own work, I think you know, ideally. I tap into, you know, what we call higher mind or, you know, in a, a, a more inspired consciousness than my ordinary waking logical mind, you know, thinking mind where I'm trying to think, okay, how can I say this? Um, that never works <laughs> for poetry. Um, but there's another consciousness, uh, a more elevated, open, inspired place that can bring forth something that has to do, you know, with my deeper knowing. So in this poem, uh, if you listen carefully and track it, it really is an invitation into silence and into recognizing the divine presence uh, in the most uh, it's subtle uh, reality with us. So the poem moves from, you know, I'm listening to the sound of your footsteps, which is the divine reality. It's those footsteps that I'm talking about. And then the sounds move from physical sounds to kind of <clears throat> visual, and then the sounds become more and more subtle. So first the sounds are birds coming in to roost, you know, like the pigeons coming in, and you can hear them, you know, cooing as they come in. And then rose petals opening, of course, is, is visual, and you don't generally hear them opening, but you can imagine hearing them. And then the foam of the wave, you know, it's like after the crash, and then there's the foam, and it is quiet, and you can see it. So it becomes more quiet than the rose petal. And then, and then the sound becomes the colors of dawn, which is, uh, radiant but silent. And so the poem moves in that way. And I don't know necessarily that somebody would, unless they were studying the poem, you know, pick that up, but hopefully the poem itself carries that energy of recognizing this reality that is, you know, radiantly around us and capturing it in in the subtle uh, sense. Yes, I think that um, we don't, often we don't take in a poem uh, on the, the top level, so to speak, but we take it in at a deep level in our soul. And I think just listening to um, the sounds in particular, there's a softness about the sounds in your poem and each line, each phrase is like another step toward meditation, another step toward the divine. And uh, I very much agree with what you said uh, about it being an invitation into silence. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, and that's what we that's what we find. Um, we're going to uh, go to a break in in just a couple of minutes, but before we do. Um, could you tell us, you know, how you became interested in poetry? How did you start writing it? Well, actually, my mother was a poet. So uh, at a very early age, I was uh, intrigued and certainly influenced by language. I grew up not only hearing my mother's poems, but watching her as she wrote them. And I I quickly saw that when she wrote, she seemed to disappear. She seemed to go somewhere that felt uh, away from me. And uh, that certainly took her out of the sacredness of raising five children. (laughs) But I I very much wanted to go to this place. Uh, 
and I sensed it as an inner world, although of course I didn't have that language at the time. And she also often sang her poems, so I very quickly learned the association between poetry and music. Um, the more she wrote her poems, the more she spoke her poems, the more I felt my own poems and language rising up inside me. Um, and I knew uh, really at a very early age that I would always write and that poetry and story would always anchor me. Mm. That is so beautiful. And of course, I'm wondering uh, if you have written a poem yet about experiencing your mother writing. Because um, I, could, I could hear the poem as you were talking about it. <laughs> well, no, actually, I have. It's, mm-hmm. it, uh, I don't know if, um, if this is a place to read it, but I, I have written that poem. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, what a beautiful um, story and connection uh, to your writing and feeling, you know, all of it, like seeing what happens to a writer when they're writing, um, hearing the words and um, also hearing the music of it. There's this great connection, of course, between poetry and music. And I mentioned that on the Path of Yoga... Excuse me, we study the scriptures, and you know, what primary scripture we study as Kriya, uh, practitioners of Kriya Yoga is the Bhagavad Gita, which is a long poem. And, uh, if you have ever heard that poem, you know, chanted, um, it's, it's a bodily felt experience, you know, whether you understand the Sanskrit or not. It's the rhythm of it. Um, you yeah. can actually feel the despair of Arjuna in the beginning. You know, the meter changes in the beginning. Now, Arjuna's lament is kind of like in a minor key, you know, tone, the way it, the, the rhythm of it. And then it switches, you know, when Lord Krishna begins to speak and it's more uplifting. So, very powerful. Um, there's a feeling element to the scriptures when you hear them uh, chanted and read aloud, which of course is a practice in the sacred tradition. So you hear the Latin uh, chants uh, and you hear the Hebrew chants and uh, Sanskrit for for Bhagavad Gita. So let's take a break and then uh, when we get back, we can... Um, talk more about contemplation of poetry and scripture, swadaya, spiritual practice of study of that which inspires and uplifts. And we'll be right back with you. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. I'm Dr. Tom Shepard, host of Let's Talk About It on Unity Online Radio. In my studies of world religions, I've repeatedly encountered two central spiritual questions. How do we make sense of life, and how do we live it more successfully? You're invited to explore these two questions with me in my new book, The Many Faces of Prayer, How the Human Family Meets Its Spiritual Needs. You'll be amazed at the remarkable ways people have learned to pray to their gods and to celebrate life individually and as communities of faith. Learn more at unitybooks.org. of thousands of listeners like you have been transformed through the ministry of Paulette Pipe and her program, Touching the Stillness, one of the longest-running programs on Unity Online Radio. Paulette's latest album of guided meditations, Blissful Stillness, is a new and different experience. The mystical quality of her beautiful voice will reverberate through a Zen-style meditation, a mudra meditation, which are yoga hand positions to deepen your practice, and guided meditations, which we know and love. It features a new instrumental sound by Kelly Hunt, 
with a bonus track by Kathy Zavada. Experience a blissful immersion into quiet and stillness by purchasing your own copy at shop.unityonline.org. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today we're talking about literature that has a spiritual focus and the ability of that to um, help us um, be reminded of the beauty of the truth of life and also help point us back um, to our practice. You know, in in the teachings of yoga, uh, you know, we have a practice of self-discipline, which is restraining ourselves from you know, um, taking in things that are not useful. That's part of the discipline, you know, so we don't read or watch television of things that are, um, negative in nature that, that, um, you know, bring a rajasic kind of energy or tamasic energy to the mind that take us down or make us restless. And, and then we, we kind of need to do something else, right? So self-discipline isn't just what you don't do, it's also what you do. And so one of the things that we do is we, we read something inspiring every day. And, uh, that can be literature or it can be, uh, the teachings uh, from our spiritual teachers, from our gurus. It can be, uh, uh, writers that, uh, are, are inspiring. So in particular, we've been talking about poetry and I, I want to start off saying, um, you know, one of the first things that I was so delighted to find with Paramahansa Yogananda, who is my uh, teacher's uh, guru, is that Yogananda Ji wrote many, many poems. Um, that it was just part of his uh, expression of his uh, divine love, and sometimes, you know, his his own struggles. You can see that also in his work. Um, you know, the questions that come uh, from life. So I'm going to read one of uh, Yogananda, one of Paramahansa Yogananda's poem, and then we'll hear from our special guest today, um, Parthenia Hicks, um, who is a poet, a celebrated poet, and a freelance editor specializing in spirituality and poetry. But first, uh, Yogananda. This is a particular favorite that is called God, God, God. From the depths of slumber, as I ascend the spiral stairways of wakefulness, I will whisper, God, God, God. Thou art the food, and when I break my fast of nightly separation from thee, I will taste thee and mentally say, God, God, God. No matter where I go, the spotlight of my mind will ever keep turning on thee, and in the battle din of activity, my silent war cry will be, God, God, God. When boisterous storms of trials shriek, and when worries howl at me, I will drown their clamor, loudly chanting, God, God, God. When my mind weaves dreams with threads of memories, then on that magic cloth I will emboss God, God, God. Every night in time of deepest sleep, my peace dreams and calls joy, 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 and my joy comes singing evermore, God, God, God. In waking, eating, working, dreaming, sleeping, serving, meditating, chanting, divinely loving, my soul will constantly hum, unheard by any, God, God, God. 
And of course, you know, so many years after that poem was written and after Paramahansa Yogananda has left this plane, we can still feel his spirit in reading that poem and reciting it uh, and feel, you know, for me to feel called to that practice of, you know, don't even get out of bed before remembering God and know that when you think you're sleeping, that your soul is ever awake in peace and in joy, communing with God. Um, so, so many beautiful teachings are in the poem and that uh, divine reminder. Do you like yes. that poem too? <laughs> poem. Uh, thank you for reading it so beautifully. One of the things I, I love about that poem in particular is that it's a perfect example of the agelessness of sacred poetry, that it is just as relevant for someone uh, practicing today uh, as when it was first written. And the other thing that I really love about it is how it begins with uh, ascending the spiral staircase and the ascending the is an image that crosses um, many um, religious traditions. And I love how the spiral staircase, just the word spiral, shows us that it isn't a direct jump where we're rarely... <clears throat> We rarely are awakened in a split second. I know there are those among us who do have that experience, but for the more ordinary folks, such such as me, <laughs> it is uh, a twisting and a turning and a slow moving toward uh, the sacred beloved. So, mm-hmm. yes, it's a fine poem. Mm. Yeah, and you know, when you bring up the staircase, of course, I also think of the reference to the spine. Um, and even our very DNA, <laughs> right? That um, we are ascending uh, an evolutionary ascent from uh, a lower consciousness, a lower awareness to heightened awareness of our divine nature. So will you read us one of your um, poems again, please, another. Yes. <clears throat> this time I've chosen a poem that is one of those poems in, that in my practice I constantly return to. Um, it, actually, I, I have my book open now, and it has been open to this page so many times that the page is beginning to um, separate from the book. <laughs> uh this is a poem by the Eastern poet and mystic Hafez from Daniel Ladinsky's book, The Subject, Tonight is Love. The title of the poem is This Place Where You Are Right Now. This place where you are right now, God circled on a map for you. Wherever your eyes and arms and heart can move against the earth and sky, the Beloved has bowed there. Our Beloved has bowed there knowing you were coming. I could tell you a priceless secret about your real worth, dear pilgrim, but any unkindness to yourself, any confusion about others, will keep one from accepting the grace, the love, the sublime freedom divine knowledge always offers to you. Never mind, Hafez, about the great requirements this path demands of the wayfarers, for your soul is too full of wine tonight to withhold the wondrous truth from this world. But because I am so clever and generous, I have already clearly woven a resplendent lock of his tresses as a remarkable truth and gift in this poem for you. Mm. 
Really, really lovely. And will you tell, so it's um, Daniel Ladinsky version of Hafiz. And uh, what is it titled? Of the poem itself is This Place Where You Are Right Now. Mm. And <clears throat> it, what I, I, I actually, every time I read this, I read the first three stanzas and I have the same experience over and over again, and it is one that, it is a feeling of um, hope and of being loved by the divine, of being uh, uh, remembered and recognizing that no matter what, the divine is there, um, and the divine uh, is expecting us in every moment. Mm. Um, Our beloved has bowed there knowing you were coming. Every time I get to that part, I have to pause and just take that in, um, because we in uh, in sacred poetry, in so much reaching and searching and trying to um, get somewhere, trying to find the beloved. But the point of view in this poem is that um, that's not really needed. Um, <laughs> The Beloved is there with you always. The Beloved was there before you were there seeking the Beloved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, it, that is very, very powerful. Um, thank you for choosing that poem. I, I really like it as well and could feel that invitation. Um, and it's really the crux of yoga, isn't it? You know, it's not about trying to get anywhere <laughs> or even trying to arrive. It's, it's, uh, it's this path of recognizing that what you are, where you are, is the place of God, is the sacred place, is the temple. Who you are, where you are right now. It's not about going anywhere or changing anything. Um, it's simply there, just simply being. Um, so that is a beautiful poem uh, to remind us of that, and, and thank you for that. And I, I want to also say, you know, I have enjoyed the poetry of uh, Daniel Ladinsky as well, and um, and I have noticed, you know, that he takes great license. <laughs> this is my opinion. He takes great license with the writings of the mystics, and and really writes his own versions. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, of the translations. And um, so I want to say uh, that's a good practice in and of itself. And um, and so besides reading um, the mystics, you know, to be elevated, one of the things we can do is, is write, you know, write, even if you don't see yourself as a poet, um, you know, take the writings of the mystics and and translate them into your own experience in the moment um, because then uh, you have another practice, you know, of concentrating and um, experiencing. You know, don't you think, um, Parthenia? Absolutely. And um, I'm always encouraging people to be open to poetry but also to uh, stretch themselves a little bit if they're not already writing and uh, try, try writing it, and and then I have to immediately follow that by saying that it isn't about whether you have a large exotic vocabulary, and it isn't about how good you are compared to someone else. It isn't even about whether or not you have anything to say. It's about opening up to your beautiful sacred self, to the self you have been seeking dreaming, imagining, and trying to live up to. Mm. But it's even about living up to that self. It isn't mm. even about It's mm. about observing the world through a deeper lens. About Yeah, please, go ahead. About discovering that uh, we are all connected through the uh, deep divine waters that run through each one of us, and those waters are well below the level of language. Mm, mm, mm. Beautiful. And I, you know, as you speak, I can, I 
course, I can hear teachings of yoga and how you approach um, poetry. And um, I wonder if you could say, and maybe you can't, <laughs> but I wonder if you could say uh, how study of yoga uh, and practice of yoga you know, um, informs or has changed your writing over time. Is there a connection there for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, so if I can talk for a moment about my meditation practice, one of the things that meditation uh, does for me, it, it makes me, it brings me to a more open and calm part of myself. It makes me takes me to a more receptive place, and that allows the language to arise more easily. Um, It gets me out of my rigid thinking, um, and it helps me to understand that not only is the sacred poetry that I'm reading a container, but that if I allow myself to open up to it, that I too am a container for the language uh, that is is sitting there within me and I believe within everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, contemplation um, with poetry, or some poetry naturally brings us to contemplation, and we know those poets really well. Some of the contemporary poets like uh, our beloved Mary Oliver, uh, David White, Robert Bly, and so many of the Eastern poets and mystics, such as Rumi, um, Mirabai, and so many others that um, through imagery and metaphor, uh, they take us to the great questions about who we really are. And um, from contemplating, contemplating sacred poetry and from my practice of contemplation, I believe that my poetry has uh, deepened intensely over these years. Um, I believe that I have returned to some of the the great questions that we all have and that arise in so much uh, spiritual poetry, and they are the basic questions that we ask. Who are we really? Why do we exist? Mm-hmm. What is our... How do we follow it? And... Mm. Um, some poems show us the way how to how to be in the world at the highest level and yet accept ourselves as merely human with all of our flaws and our wild cravings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can you know, I I as I experience your poetry, you know, often I experience that depth that, you know, comes from your practice, a depth of insight, um, an opening, you know, of the heart and mind and consciousness, you know, to the highest uh, awareness. Um, let me read one more here. It just sort of came to my mind as, as uh, we've been chatting about Poetry and uh, spiritual writing and uh, its role um, for those on the path of yoga or a mystical path of awakening. This poem is called Fire in My Heart. Some days I sit near your fire, feeding it the kindling of desire. Live in the way, the Buddha said, and the light will grow in you. Sorrow and joy come in. Sit down together as friends. Everything that is needed appears. Other days I forget about the light, set out alone in the dark, ambitious prodigal with damp wood, determined to start my own fire. When the invitation to the heavenly feast arrives from the universe, I politely decline. I have prepared a feast for you. Will you come? I have prepared a feast for you. Will you come? No, I am too busy with matters of life and death. I insist on my own way saying no to love until no becomes sand in my mouth. 
Why all this suffering, I ask? Come, sit by the fire. Forget about life and death, being and doing, coming and going. Soon the sitar will begin. Its notes will make you weep. For everything lost and gained, for the extravagant mercy of the one. Mm. Such a beautiful poem, and again, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. um, yeah, and of course, you know, this poem speaks to that struggle that we, I think we all have, um, you know, what we call the struggle between being and doing, you know, getting lost in... Uh, Activity or thought, all the while the beloved is there, uh, calling us into a deeper awareness, a deeper connection. You know, could be even in the midst of what we're doing, but is like living in the way, you know, living in the way of being awake. Uh, and sometimes I find, and I think that the what I'm saying in this poem is that, you know, sometimes I, I will move away from that um, call to the heavenly feast because while it is um, exquisite, it is also so very tender, mm. so very um, vulnerable, um, open, it, you know, it sort of takes my breath away, and I mm. feel as if I can hardly function in that, you know, um, reality of how beautiful life is. And so sometimes I do, I just want to set out, you know, and go get something done, you know, and not be <laughs> that. <laughs> Which thousand things that distract us. Yeah, and you know, for me, I, I become more clear of why it's, you know, why I would go there. Um, it's not because I don't know, but sometimes I think, um, as odd as it sounds, it's just too beautiful. Well, <laughs> one of, no, that's really, that's such a tender, tender thing to say. And, there are two things in that poem that really speak to me. One is the line, I may not get it exactly right, but the line that everything that is needed appears. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then later, the, such, a, such a tender, tender line, um, a too busy for love until mm. no becomes sand in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, some sand in my mouth. Um, I think that this poem actually says um, what it is that that we need uh, to help us in our practice uh, to jump from being so inside the brain and the wild, busy mind to trying to open up the soul in uh, meditation and contemplation practice. It's like trying to step over the Grand Canyon, and uh, <laughs> it is. And so we need an in-between place, we, and poetry, I think, can be that. And certainly this poem is expressing the, um, the exact thing that we experience. It's like we, we, we can see the jewel, and we reach out for it, um, but then we get distracted. Mm-hmm. And that is what we experience over and over again. And in this poem, we feel the, um, well, just what you said, the delicate, uh, the delicate tender soul is revealed. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. Um, quite beautiful. Well, 
Thank you. And um, we'll have, you know, just a few minutes now. So I, I would love to have you read something again. If you have something of yours, that would be grand or whatever you would choose to read. Uh, actually, I do have something of mine. Um, this is a poem that in which I try to take a very simple experience, and that is uh, the experience of looking in a mirror when there is also a mirror behind you. I think we've all experienced that. Suddenly you see yourself going out toward infinity. You see so many selves <laughs> in the So, so <laughs> that is the origin of, of this poem. Praying in the women's bathroom. In the women's bathroom, she stands in prayer position, hand forming a teepee over her heart. In front of her, a vase of red tulips and yellow ragweed. Like a child who believes she cannot be seen, when her eyes are closed, she thinks she is alone does not know the mirror's angle reflects her image exponentially, revealing crowds in front of her, behind her. Mm. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful invitation into the experience of being and knowing that there is that presence, that connection uh, to to all that is. And we enter <laughs> thinking we're alone. <laughs> I love that. I love the image of like a child thinks they cannot be seen. You know, when they close their eyes, they think they're hiding. Um, yes. And it's also so wonderful how you've taken that image. And, you know, when we go into prayer, um, we think we are hiding in some way. But, in fact, we are entering in to the infinite, which is connected to all that is. So it's such a powerful way to... to um, express that um tell us what you know inspiration you would have for those listening who are um learning to bring inspiration into their spiritual practice every day through poetry and i want to say before i even ask you to go there that i'm so excited that in the um Difficult time we're having in our nation right now. This is uh, February 2017 after a, a kind of a divisive uh, election in the U.S. And people are trying to find their bearings. And um, one of the things that is on the rise in Google searches is spiritual poetry. Yeah. So how great is that <laughs> that, we, that we know people are looking for that resource? So what advice would you have for people who are looking for that resource? Well, first of all, trust it. Trust, trust it and be guided by it. <clears throat> and I will also come back to uh, if you feel that... <clears throat> You are seeking poetry, then know that poetry is also seeking you and um, let it in. And I think one of the most powerful ways to let it in is to um, let go of the uh, ego that holds us back and tells us that we can't do it, that it's really for someone else, um, that it, it isn't about us and doesn't relate to us. Um, to set that aside, put that on a shelf, and, and accept the gift that, um, as I, I mentioned earlier, that uh, it's there. It's there to comfort us. It's there to uh, hold us. It's there um, like the uh, arms of the divine to enfold mm. us, especially mm. when we are uh, going through really challenging um, times that actually... I'm going to let go of that word challenging because it really doesn't say very much. So I'm just going to use the word insane, what feels like insane times that we are dealing with, that those deep divine waters really exist 
within all of us, mm. and language and poetry can support us and take us um, to those deep waters uh, mm. that really they really are below the level of language, but it is the poetry that takes us there. Yeah. Um, Yes, thank you so much. It's a beautiful invitation. And, you know, I would just add, I mean, you said it so eloquently, and I, I would just kind of say it in another way. You know, I, I have met many people. I'm always shocked. And they tell me, well, you know, I don't like poetry. Um, I don't yeah. understand, I don't understand it. And so now I've figured out what I need to say is, you don't need to understand it. You know, poetry is not yeah. to be understood. Poetry is to be experienced. It's like music. You know, people don't say, I don't like music because I don't understand. Well, they do say that about some. <laughs> but it's not about understanding. It's about experiencing. So, Parthenia Hicks, thank you so much for this experience this morning of inspired writing. And thank you for sharing your own work. And uh, I want to let our listeners know they can find out more about your work at Poet. Poets and Writers website, pw.org, and then they can look you up, Parthenia Hicks. And I want to uh, also thank our Yoga Hour team. Yoga Hour is a uh, SEVA project, service project of Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. Find out more about CSE at csecenter.org. Uh, Org and our team, Dr. Laurel Trujillo, um, Anita Kenyon, Ann Hayes, and uh, Sean Smith coming on board. Thank you all. And Jeff Comfort in the sound booth who takes care of us all. Thank you. And I look forward to being with you again on the Yoga Hour. Remember to let your beautiful light shine into the world. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Om Shanti. Bye, Parthenia. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. changing world, life and personal values can seem more than a little unstable. Just when you think you have it all figured out, then everything changes. Sometimes life can seem overwhelming. Well, the good news is, you can change your life. You have within you the power to learn how to flow with the changes and smooth out the bumps of life. You can experience the joy, peace, health and abundance you deserve. You were created to be happy and productive. That urge to grow and express yourself was put there for a reason. Learn the spiritual principles that can help you not just to survive, but thrive in this changing world. At Unity, we'd like to help you do just that. 
This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.